Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Great to see you. Um, we are, this is the, the last part, I, I, I suppose we've been doing kind of in January a mini-series, if you like, um, on 1 Corinthians 12, the second part, which talks about the body of Christ and what it is to be, uh, as Callum said, a family together. We've really focused in on that over the last few weeks as part of the wider series that we've been doing on uh, the Holy Spirit and what happens when God invades his people. Uh, so what we've seen in 1 Corinthians 12 really is that one of the things that happens when God invades his people is that he draws us towards one another. Now actually the body of Christ is what each one of us is part of. If we're followers of Jesus, if we believe and put our faith in Jesus Christ, then he makes us part of his body. Um, and Actually, what the, one of the things that the Holy Spirit, therefore, loves to do as he fills us is to make that a reality, really. And we've been kind of looking at that uh, in this section in 1 Corinthians 12 about the body. Right, 1 Corinthians 12. Let's read this from verse 12. Just as a body, we're back to the NIV this week, by the way. Uh, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Uh, Do you hear that this morning, that each one of you is part of it? So God has done something. God has formed us into a body. As he redeems us, he joins us into his family. He has a family. We are his children. We, uh, and we always make much, don't we, of celebrating what it is to be joined into the family of God. And we love that, the fact that God is now our father. and We're his son or his daughter. And we celebrate that often. But I think sometimes we miss celebrating the part which means that we're now joined in with all the other brothers and sisters. All the other sons and daughters of God into this amazing thing which is the body of Christ. It's something that God has done. And so I believe that we should 
treat it with somewhat more reverence, maybe, than we instinctively do. I think often we take for granted that we're part of a body, that God has joined us together. And actually, you know, we, we know the significance that we have been reconciled to God, that a relationship with God has been restored and made whole. And, and we get very excited about that. But at the same time, something has happened between us and the other ones of God's sons and daughters whereby those relationships also have been recreated, if you like. And we now need to live in the good of that. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, because there's no other way we'll do it, we need to make a reality those brother and sister relationships. And we need to, I believe, honor, revere this body of Christ that we've been joined into. We're not always so good at that, I don't think. And that, I believe, is the challenge to us in these days. As we say, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Holy Spirit, come and invade us. One of the things that we're saying is, Holy Spirit, come and uh, make us better at being the body and realizing and enabling what that looks like amongst us. Amen. And if God, and, and okay, there's different parts of the body. We know that we're the body at large with uh, all of God's people, but we're also part of a, a local family of God's people. And so if God has joined you here, then he's done that for purpose. And if you haven't worked out yet, if you're to be joined here or to a different church in the town, if you live here, then that's absolutely fine. That's not a problem. It doesn't have to be gateway, but it does have to be somewhere because this is fundamental to who we are as God's people is that we are joined to one another. And a problem with our culture is that because it's full of independence and self-sufficiency, actually what happens is that I believe in our culture, there are many of us who are connected to God and have a relationship with him and something has happened in us and we know that we've been redeemed and yet we're not properly connected to the body because that's some, one of the effects of our culture and so our, our society is full of spiritual orphans, I believe, who are not properly connected in to the body. And I, uh, my, uh, call, you might think it's controversial, but I don't believe that you can be a Christian on your own. And not be part of a lo local expression of God's... It doesn't make any sense. You can't... That, it, that's not what it means to be a Christian. You've got to be joined in to God's family, to his body. It's a fundamental part of who we are. And it's a... a it's a weighty thing. It's not something that comes easily. Some of us have been hurt by church. Some of us have had bad experiences. Some of us find that difficult to connect. But I believe uh, one of the challenges to us in these, in these days of what God is doing is, is to say, that we say to God, come and fill us with your spirit that we might be better at doing this, that we might be better at going towards one another. I came across a scripture this week. I don't know how many of you, well, some of you I know I've seen at the, uh, as we've gathered as churches across the town this week, which has been uh, really exciting and a great privilege. And one of the nights um, as we were talking about and praying about the church, someone read this scripture in 1 Corinthians 3, which I hadn't really quite seen in this way before. And it's, um, it's quite sobering. And um, I just want to read it to you. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says this, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And we do know that. We talk about it. We say, God, now your temple is the people of God. And actually, that's the place where you choose to dwell by your spirit amongst us. So when we gather... The Spirit of God is amongst us. What a privilege. We're the temple of God. But look at the next sentence. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. 
For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. That's that's quite something, isn't it? You together are that temple and that temple is sacred because it's where God now in this day and age chooses to dwell by his spirit. And so if you are to destroy that, then the Bible says God will destroy you. That's a pretty scary verse, isn't it? But even if we're to damage it, this is where my mind goes. If we're to not treat it properly, I, I think the consequences in God are, are, you know, I think he would warn us about that. Actually, the temple of God, that is the people of God, us together, is sacred, the Bible says. And so we're to treat it as such. And I think we sometimes need to change our thinking on this. The way we think about the church and God's people, something that he has created in his wisdom. There's no other plan. This is the family. This is the way he's going to do it. This is the way he's going to reach the world. This is the way he's going to take care of us. Is within this family. It's a sacred thing, the Bible says. And I think we just need to let that sink into us and let that affect how we think about church, how we think about one another. Amen? It's, it's sobering, isn't it? And I think often we don't think like that. And I think that's the challenge for us is to let the Spirit speak to us about what it is to hold God's people with that kind of dignity and that kind of honor in the way that we think about one another. So three quick things really from uh, that. Again, as I've looked at 1 Corinthians 12 over the last few, few weeks, I hadn't really seen these verses in quite the way that they've leapt out at me. And I think that's got something that uh, God is doing amongst us at the moment. Because I believe that if we're to treat the body of Christ rightly, if by his spirit we're to truly be the temple of Christ, of God, if we're to see amongst us as the body all the things that God wants to see, then I believe we're going to have to start to think differently about God's people. We're going to have to see one another and the people of God gather together more like how God sees us. And so I want to home in on these two verses, um, which is uh, 22 and 23, is it, I think? And the parts of the body... Parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. So the first thing to say is that every part of the body, every part of this body, if you're connected here, if God has put you here, then every part of this body, every one of you is indispensable, the Bible says. It says, the things that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Note, seem to be weaker, aren't actually weaker in reality. But the, things that, the, the parts that might feel weaker, and I don't know if you feel that, but some of us will feel that. Like we don't, maybe don't really belong, or we don't really fit in, or the, the, the circumstances in our lives mean that we, uh, we, we feel a bit shy about being part of it. We don't feel maybe we live up to what's expected or... Any of those things where we feel weaker, God would say to us, you are indispensable to the body of Christ. And every one of us in this place needs to hear that today, that if God has joined you here, then you are indispensable to this body. Amen? You see, 
uh, it says the, the parts that seem weaker. And often we can feel weaker or we can feel like somebody else maybe is weaker. But actually, of course, in the kingdom, that is not the reality. Because in the kingdom, everything's upside down, isn't it? And the Bible says that when you are weak, then you are strong. Amen? Because actually what strength in the kingdom of God is dependence on him. And sometimes that can look like weakness amongst one another. So these things are very confusing. But whatever you're feeling about that, however you would rate yourself, however you would consider yourself, and whether you fit or not, or what you think about that, God would say, you're indispensable to the body of Christ. Amen? And we need to receive that. We need to hear that. 2 Corinthians 12 said this. This is Paul speaking. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, the family of God is his idea. And in the, the thing that we've just read, it says, doesn't it? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So if God has joined you here, if God has made you part of this body, then you have a purpose in it. And actually, the body will be less. It will be less. It will not be as God intended it to be unless you're, if, unless you're joined into it, unless you're playing your part in it, unless you're being part of it. By the way, although absolutely serving is part of that, and it's a key part of being a family that we serve one another and we use our gifts and our abilities and we muck in and uh, just where things need doing, that, that's part of being a family, isn't it? But that doesn't mean that there aren't seasons in life that we go through where actually we're not able to contribute. And that's absolutely fine as well. And one of the things I want to say about this verse is that actually it's okay not to be okay. And that's, what, that's the message we need to have amongst the people of God. I think sometimes we, because we celebrate, uh, we, we celebrate stories of where God's broken in often and we talk about uh, where God's come through or answered prayer. Or the, the, the danger of that, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is that if we're going through a bad patch in life or uh, things don't seem to be working out, we can feel kind of disqualified. But we need to say to one another, that's not the truth. Because actually the weaker parts and the parts that are going through struggle and difficulty and circumstances in life which are just tough, every part is indispensable, actually. And we've got to get to the point where we can uh, be okay with that with one another and with ourselves, actually, because often we're the first people to disqualify ourselves, aren't we? The first people to think, uh, to back off ourselves and say, well, actually, I, I'm, I'm not needed. I, I don't fit. Because of what's going on in me, I can't, really, I can't really show my face because of this has happened or I've done this or th this is the thing that I'm struggling with. No, every part, every part is indispensable. And we've got to get to the point, I believe, where, it, where for ourselves it's okay to not be okay. Amen? But actually that doesn't mean we back off. It means that we go towards one another, and that's what the Spirit does. And actually, that's really hard, because it means being vulnerable, it means being honest, it means connecting when we don't want to, where we have to make effort and all of that. But actually, there's something that God has done in the body that he wants us together. And actually, we, will be, we, we won't function properly unless we can come together at the good moments and the bad moments and recognize that every one of us is indispensable. Amen?
It's difficult. We need to be filled with the Spirit for this. This is why it's one of the things that in this section on what, does, what happens when God invades his people. This, this is only going to happen if we're filled with the Spirit. The Spirit is not for us to have a nice time with God. The Spirit is that as his body, we might be filled, we might function properly, we might serve one another, use our gifts, and so go out to the world and display what God's love is like. But it starts here, where we recognize we're indispensable to one another. So that's the first thing. Indispensable, not isolated. We, me and Al were talking about this, um, what we were going to uh, say today during the week. Al leads the site over at the East. And I have to give credit to him because he came up with these, um, these, nif- these little, um, I don't know how you say. But anyway, the first one is independent. No, that's not what it is at all. It's not independent. That's what we're talking about. Indispensable, not isolated, okay? Two li- little eyes for you there. Indispensable, not isolated. And the next one is this. Honoring, not just helping. This is the next verse, isn't it? The parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Notice again, the parts that we think are less honorable. So it's not the reality, but often we think that either somebody else or that in, somehow we're not treating with honor. People irritate us. People get our backs up. We, we get brushed up in the wrong way. We, we don't connect with people. We don't understand. We don't see eye to eye because we're a diverse people. God has joined every type of people together. And that is one of the joys about, uh, about Gateway in particular is the diversity that God has joined together. That is, a, that is a beautiful representation of the kingdom of God. But it doesn't mean that it's always easy. But what the Bible says we're to do is to treat one another with honor. And I believe, again, that's something that we need to go after in these days as we're filled with the Spirit. Is that What does it mean to treat somebody with honor? I believe it means to treat them not in the way that instinctively we would, or in the way that society would, or in the way that their behavior causes us to respond to them, but actually to treat them in the way that the Bible tells us God sees them. So this is to treat one, I believe, is to treat one another as God treats us. So to see one another. And, and we, again, we can only do this as we're changed and filled with the Spirit, that we would see each one of one another as God sees us, fearfully and wonderfully created, a child of God, made with all God's wisdom and love, lavished with the love of Christ equally, that we would see one another with that value. That's what it is to honor one another. And sometimes, to, sometimes the image of God in one another is distorted because of life, because of sin, because of you know, things get in and muck us up, don't they? And we know that ourselves. Each one of us, are distort, the image of God in us is distorted. Yes, we're being conformed to Christ, but we don't always present the image of God in that way to one another. But actually, as we, what the Bible calls us to do is to treat one another with the value that we know God views one another with. So not according to the behavior that presents itself to us, but according to what we know about the truth about that person. And you may even now be thinking about someone else within the body of Christ who you find it more difficult to honor. It happens, it happens, doesn't it? It happens to all of us. That's life. 
The Bible says bear with one another. Why? Because that is what we're going to need to do. But actually, by the Spirit of God, we're called to honor one another. So to treat with dignity, to treat as God sees. I, I found this quote on a, um, a website of a, a, another church in the New Frontiers family this week, and I think this is uh, brilliant, and so I want to read it to you. It says this, Ignore the petty temporary truth of people's weaknesses and instead fixate on the grand sparkling truth of their God resemblance. Good, isn't it? Ignore the petty temporary truth. You see, it's temporary. We're distorted. Different behaviors present to, to us from people around us. But actually, that's just part of the journey. We're being conformed to the likeness of Christ. And actually, one of the key ways we do that is by bearing with one another. Because actually, that changes us. And if you're in isolation with God, you're never going to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. I believe that's one of the purposes of the body, actually. So ignore the petty tr temporary truth of people's weaknesses and instead fixate on the grand sparkling truth of their God resemblance. Breathe out respect, encouragement, and honor, and you will leave the aroma of heaven wherever you go. Amen? Breathe out respect, encouragement, and honor, and you will leave the aroma of heaven wherever you go. So we're talking about honoring, not just helping. We know that we need to help one another. Okay, that's H's. You see, they go together. Um, credit to Al. Um, honoring, not just... We can help one another without ever seeing God's... You can help somebody because you know you ought to without ever actually having a different mindset on actually what their value is before God. Amen? But this goes deeper than that. It's not just helping. It's not just... It's not charity. It's not a good deed in that sense. It's actually having our minds changed to see somebody through God's perspective. And that's what we're called to in the body. To honor where it seems less honorable. Seems to us, we have our own views. We, we form judgments very quickly, don't we, on people as we come across them. But actually, we need to understand each one is indispensable. If you've been joined to this body, you're indispensable. And each one we're to honor according to the value that God places on us as people made in his image. Amen? So indispensable, not isolated. Honoring, not just helping. And then finally, journeying, not judging. So the next, the next little verse says this, doesn't it? And the parts of the body that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Modesty is one of those words we don't really use in this context much um, anymore. But for me, the, the picture that immediately comes to mind, I don't know if you know the story of Noah in the Bible, uh, where he's done all the ark stuff and, and he gets drunk in his tent. And you know the, do you know that story, Genesis 9? Go and read it if you don't know it. But the difference in reaction between his different sons. So there's one son who points out what Noah's done. His undignity, if you like, of being drunk in his tent, not knowing what's going on. One of the sons tells everybody else about that. The other two sons, if you remember, they get a cloth and they walk in backwards and they cover him over. For me, that's the best way of explaining this verse. Actually, that we, are, in that sense, have a modesty with one another. That we cover over one another's weaknesses in that way. Amen? That's the picture. Because everyone, acknowledging that every one of us is in a, on a journey with God, aren't we? 
And I don't know about you, but my experience more and more is that the further I go on, the A, the less I realize I know, and the more broken I realize that I am. I don't know about you. We don't have it all together, do we? But we have a father who loves us incredibly and says, you're indispensable and you're my child. And we're all on a journey. And I love that verse um, in scripture that says that uh, we have the treasure, the treasure of Christ and what we know of him and our relationship. We have that treasure in jars of clay. We're just jars of clay, broken old pots, basically. And we're all on a journey. We're on a journey of being conformed to the likeness of Christ, but it's a journey of a lifetime. And we need to understand that each of us is in different places on that journey. And God's doing different things with us. And we will come across weaknesses. We will come across things that we react against or sin or uh, just things we don't understand or can't relate to in one another. We're going to do that all the time. But there's this... uh, But what the Bible is calling us to do is to treat one another with modesty in the way that we cover. We don't point out problems. We're quick, quick, as I say, to form judgments. But the Bible says, no, do not judge. Do not judge. That's God's job, actually. We're not called to judge one another. We're actually called to understand, to value one another as God does, but also to cover over where we find problems. We We don't make much. We don't point. We bring grace. And we cover with one another. Amen? And we, I think a lot of us know this passage about, what it, about being the body of Christ together. That that's what we are. But uh, for me, these couple of verses about, uh, about being indispensable, about the call to honor one another and to value one another as God sees us, to let the Holy Spirit do that in us, and then also to, be, to have that sense of modesty, of covering, of not judging one another. These are fundamental. We, unless we can get hold of these things, then we're never going to be the body that God calls us to be. And I think there's some mindset changes that God wants to do in us by his spirit in order that we might think of one another and of the body that we're called to like that. Because this body is a precious thing. It's something that God has brought into being. Sacred, we said. The place where God dwells by his spirit. That he is building together for purpose. And we shouldn't take it lightly. We shouldn't dismiss it. We need to understand that we're called to move towards it as God leads us by his spirit. But also that we need to probably, in the process of that, have our mindsets changed about the way that we see one another. Amen.